The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome back. It is in this league right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's hour three, the final hour of all this in this league goodness. Talking tons and tons of fantasy baseball. If you missed a minute of it, I'm uh, deeply, deeply disappointed in you. And you can go, uh, but you can go listen on demand iTunes or on the website, fantasysportsnetwork.com slash radio. <clears throat> Go do that. Listen to all of it because we've got some, uh, we're going to reference the polls that we did earlier Pulse. and a lot of good stuff. But we are going to turn our attention here for some fantasy football because fantasy football never truly dies. It is the one thing that lives on for it's the uh, the roach of sports. It just it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's apocalyptic and they'll still be there. We have a new show, by the way, if people are interested, a year round fantasy football show, the full 60. It's powered by fan tracks. It is myself, Scott Bogman and our good buddy and author of the fantasy black book, black Joe Pizzabia. We do that every single week. It's an hour long. It is on the Fantrax uh, podcast network. Plus, you can find it on iTunes. Just type in "full sixty; it'll be right there. We've had it's a funny show. It the you know it's a three of us on there, and um, it's something else. I think it's a definitely a good different feel. Lots of topics, play some games, a lot of anecdotal stuff, and I think you will dig it. So go uh, go check it out. Full sixty, Bogman. Something popped up. We may actually be, even be able to kind of piggyback on something we talked about on Full 60 here that might transition into it. But I don't know how much you've been following the offseason of uh, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski with the Patriots. Because uh, Didn't he go, like, party somewhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I just over remember, there wasn't too. he on Barstool, like, doing some weird dance with Shaq? Was that what it was? No, he's just at a party. Yeah, he jumped on Shaq's shoulders. He, he's appearing every. He's doing his normal stuff. The reason we've had more Gronk than usual is because there have been all these like weird he might not play rumors. And apparently it's legit. It's very, very legit that he might not want to come back, uh, maybe due to injuries and stuff like that. You know, he probably also accomplished everything he could want to accomplish. And of all players, that guy has already got his built in career after the NFL set. Lovable, uh, you know, lovable idiot who um, just does whatever he wants. He's had TV shows already. He did some on Nick Jr. He's hosting stuff. The guy could be a professional wrestler. He's done that type of stuff. He can do whatever he wants. And maybe football is, um, you know, it's becoming a little bore to him. I don't know that he's lovable to Tredavious White, but. Well, I mean, Bogman, not to everybody. Not to everybody. <laughs> so much so, so lovable, Bogman, that there is a horse named after Gronk that's going to be running in the Kentucky Derby. This wasn't even the topic we're going to talk about here, but this just came out. There is a, a thoroughbred aptly named Gronkowski. It, it uh, so the, there's there's a juiced up thoroughbred that'll be uh, used for his sport and then thrown away like trash. If that horse shotguns a They don't a have beer, anything in common, this horse and Gronk, do they? If that horse shotguns a beer, I'm done. 
I'm done with life because it'll be over. But uh, apparently this horse, Gronkowski, won the, uh, the Buridan Stakes in England. That was on Friday qualifying for the Kentucky Derby, which is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, at Churchill Downs. So, I mean, you know, usually you've got, I mean, he's going to have to be in attendance and Tom Brady is going to be there. It's some bougie thing. But that's how, like, lovable he is. The, the, everybody loves this freaking guy. Even, uh, I mean, I remember when he was loved uh, by B.B. Jones only. B.B. Jones <laughs> loved him only. Now, I'd watch that. Yeah, we, yeah, that's fine. If it was there. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Gronk is a fun guy, right? Yeah. I don't know how, how fun, fun he is to own in fantasy with all of these concussions and injuries and is he going to play, is he not going to play not a lot. Uh, things. Has but, he played um, a full season yet? I, I you know, what, I think we looked this up before and he did. I'll look it up while we're talking. OK, well, yeah, let me set the table. Sure he then. had one year where he played all the games. Yeah, I'd like to know. But let me set the table then, because the not sure if he's going to play thing has you know sparked a lot of just weird interest. This came up on Roto World via the Boston Sports Journal on Friday. Boston Sports Journals and I'm just reading off Roto World. Boston Sports Journal's Greg Bedard passes along word from a, quote, Bill Belichick-friendly source that the longer Rob Gronkowski goes without committing to the team, the chances of the Patriots trading him increase. So there are trade rumors that are pushing out there that they might move on. Bedard mentions the 49ers and the Rams as suitors should Gronkowski become available, probably due to cap room, due to uh, you know them probably wanting Gronk out of the AFC if it were to happen. I think it's very, very unlikely because of you know just Tom Brady's relationship and you know what he does. But they may just want to wash their hands of it. This rumor is something else, and I feel like this is going to follow us for a while. I mean, it, it'll follow us for a little bit, but I just don't. I just don't buy it. I think that if you're the Patriots, and you just let Gronk take all the time he wants, because if he's going to come back, if he's going to retire, what are you going to do? Like, there's nothing you can do about it. He's going to go. But you need that gigantic target for your aging quarterback. You have to have him. What are they going to do? I mean, what are they going to do? Trade. Gronk to the you know to whoever for a draft pick and hope that it works out. Hey, maybe they, maybe go 49ers. 49ers could trade uh, George Kittle. And but, but do you think that pick? the 49ers would want a guy that's already contemplating retirement? I don't know. Maybe going to the West Coast, Jimmy G. I mean, you'd have to have an assurance by him. I mean, okay. I I just want to start by saying as well. By the way, this is not going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm looking right here. Two times he's played 16 games. He played 16 his rookie year. He started 11. Uh, in, in 2011, he started all 16. Uh, in 2012, 11, then 7, then 15, 15, 8, and 14. So he hasn't played a full season in five years? No, since 2011, yeah. Oh, even more. That's a lot more yeah. years. What's the math on that? Seven? That's six. Yeah, six seasons. This will be the seventh season. That's yeah. a lot. I mean, and the guy's 29 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, he's getting up there in age for for I mean for a dude that's just been absolutely wrecked too. I mean you've seen he's had the leg injuries, he's had a million concussions. You know I, I don't know like I, I don't know that if I'm a team that especially if I'm a team like your Niners. I know they're part of the rumor, right? Yeah. If I'm a team like your Niners, it makes sense in the Jimmy G. Um, you know, connection to Rob Gronkowski. But if I'm building something, do I really want to give away a, a high enough of a draft pick 
to make an impact to get a guy that's already thinking he's kind of already on his way out. Yeah, but I think, well, I mean, that's very true. You can't do it. No team could do it without an assurance. A guy's got two years left on a deal. $18 What's the highest dollars. picky deal for him? If I'm the 49ers? You that salary, too. Right. I mean, well, it's not that bu- much. It's only $9 million. Uh, Fourth round pick? It's only $9 million. I think you easily go a third. I'd give up Kittle and a third for Gronkowski. I mean, I think I think it would set the Niners in a different scope. Yeah, I don't think Kittle is anything. So, it's, well, but they may want to tie it in back. Okay, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean a third. Okay. I mean, you it's know, probably going to cost more it. though. It's probably going to cost a first if they. But see again, I don't it, think it, they can get a first for a guy com- contemplating retirement. But they if the guy, but it, it. but if the guy wants to play, you have to have an assurance by it. I just think it's odd. What is this about? Is this because I think you have to read between it? Who does this Bill Belichick friendly source? Is this an agent that's trying to? Is this a Gronk play for money? By the way, is this? Could this all be? I don't think in a it Gronk is play for money. Are you sure though? Guys playing nine million dollars. For two years, nine million each. Yeah, so but in the million. NFL, that's that's fourth highest contract. paid tight end. Who who's paid higher than him? I don't Who know. The three? I just hear I have fourth highest paid tight end, so I'd have to assume. Didn't Kelsey just get a new deal? Uh, he might have. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's uh, probably making more than him. Yeah, he probably. Well, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Zach Ertz. Uh, I think I thought Zach Ertz also got a contract. Uh, he yeah, Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz, my. It looks like it's Graham, Kelsey, and Reed. Graham, so, Kelsey. Oh, okay. It's yeah, Jordan it's, Reed. Okay, I did miss Jordan Reed. But it, but it's not. It's ten million for Graham, nine point three, nine point three, and then nine. So it's not like anyone is making an insane amount of money over him. You were right about Zach Ertz, eight and a half. Trey Burton just got eight from the Bears. Oh my God. And then seven point six for for Charles Clay. But I mean, you come in. But if a team comes in and they offer him, you know, fourteen million for three years, type of thing, hey, well, buy out, buy out your last two years, and you're going to get forty two million dollars, and he and he agrees to to play it out. I mean, I think it's I think it's worth whatever the pick is, don't you? I just don't. I to be honest, I don't. I don't think that Gronk is very long for uh, the NFL, Uh, and because of what you said, like. If he goes out and blows out his knee in week three, what is his inspiration to come back? He's got all of this money that he's already made in the NFL. And I think, it, isn't Gronk the one that they say he doesn't spend any of his NFL contract money? He only spends his commercial uh, his commercial and advertising money. Like he, He's very, very frugal already. And like you said, he's got a job waiting for him somewhere. Whether it's working for all, you know, Barstool or uh, NFL Network or Fox or whoever he wants to work with, he's going to get a job. So I just don't. I'm not trading for him. You know, the, I mean, the Steelers would – that's my team. They they would love to have a guy like Kronk, and I don't think I could do it. I just don't think he's going to be around that long. Okay, so. let me let me put this out there just as an assumption point, and it kind of leads to the other team. You go and see what a team like the Rams have done this offseason, just creating one of the most insane defenses, and that secondary is on another level. So the NFC West, they're at a tipping point. You bring in a guy like Rob Gronkowski – he can change up the game. They, I mean, they're going to have to change schemes up to make sure that they can cover Gronk. You know, it's great that you've got three incredible quarterbacks. You're still going to have to probably put two of them on Gronk, and it could set up a team like the 49ers to be able to get that ball out to uh, Marquise Goodwin, out to Pierre Garçon. I think it's a, it would be a very interesting move. It's a counter move to the I, crazy I stuff it, the Rams have done. 
I think it makes more sense for a team like for a team that's right there. Like, you know, the more I think about it, the more like if I'm Pittsburgh, why wouldn't I give up a third for Gronk? Like, that's fine. You know, ben, but there's Ben's no got, way the Patriots would want everything for sure. AFC sure. Well, whatever a second, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it, well, yeah. And that's I mean, that trade's never going to happen because the Patriots are never going to put the Steelers over. So but, um, you know, if I'm the Rams, it makes sense. But if I'm the Niners, I mean, the Niners are. I don't think I don't very, think I don't think they think I don't think they think they're as far away as you're making them out to is that your no, point. No, is I don't it think I don't think they're that far off, but I don't think they're winning this year. And I think if one more awful injury happens to Gronk, he's done. So I just gave up the, you know, however long I would have with that third or second round pick for a season of Gronk when I'm not. I'm not a Gronk away. But they're not going to make that move unless they have some type of a commitment. Now, let me throw. Okay, let me throw one more thing out there. Yeah, but the, you can have the commitment. But but if like he could actually want to play too. But if he blows out his knee again, or control over that. Breaks not, his leg. You know, control you over can't. That. You don't make. Yeah, moves, I understand. But you don't That's make moves. But you don't make moves off of being like, well, like stuff could happen. It could happen with anyway. You don't make that. Yeah, but move. it's happened to Gronk more than it's happened to other people. Okay, but the, I don't. I don't think that takes anything away. You're not going to make that move. move. Even if it was offered to him, they wouldn't do it. I think they would. I think they would consider it. And I, I would say there's a reason why they're put in this. Now it could just be. And both of these things, by the way, could be uh, just connecting dots. It could be connecting dots. Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe those two were buddies. You know, that type of stuff makes sense. He'd be familiar with the quarterback. Go to the West Coast. Maybe it's easier on your body. Here's another one, and you made a reference to this. <clears throat> He's spending all his money off of advertising deals. I mean, dude goes to L.A., and you start getting in movies. You're on the West Coast, beautiful weather all the time. You're in the NFC. You've got a, uh, an, an insane defense in the Rams. This is a team that can compete in the NFC right now, and you're in the limelight of Los Angeles. I mean, I would connect the dots right there with him to say that, like, he's, like, made. He is made the Rams for LA. Most sense. Yeah. If, if they're going to move him, I think the Rams make the most sense. And I just won't care about football this year because the Rams are just, <laughs> the Rams are just like, you know, like you are playing Madden franchise mode. And all you're doing is just trading for all the players. And you're just like, would you guys accept this? And the system's like, no. And then, okay, let me add this piece. And then you just have the dumbest team on the planet by spending 30, 30 <laughs> minutes making trades. I mean, it, they did have to get rid of Sammy Watkins, the Rams. Yeah, yeah so. Sammy Watkins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, big, big change here. Big changes. I mean, I, th I think if, there, if there's a move to be made... It would. Be, I mean, the, but the Rams already tried this. They tried to go and get Odell Beckham earlier, uh, a couple weeks ago, when um, when there were rumors about how the Giants want to get rid of Odell Beckham because he wants so much money and he's a diva and all that kind of stuff. I think that makes more sense for the Niners, don't you? Um. Yeah. I mean, does it? I don't know if it makes more sense. I think it makes more sense because Odell seems to have more time left in his career than uh, Gronk does. I get. I mean, here's my problem. I guess my problem in this conversation is like you're really hitting home the whole like you know Gronk only this amount of time. But I mean, the dude is going. If they traded for him, there's going to be a commitment. But you still don't even buy if there's a commitment. I'm well, not sure it I'm can with be. It, well, li listen. I'm not saying that Gronk won't commit to play. I'm gonna say he could want to commit to play. But if there is another bad injury for him, and that you said you can't control that, and I understand that. But if he has one more thing really bad happen to him, where he misses a, a long extended period of time, 
why would he come back and play? And then you've traded a third round when you have a relatively young up and coming team. Because maybe they made him the most that, that maybe they made the highest paid tight end in the NFL. He's getting four six games for you. It turns into you know, it, it turns turns into a trade for six. Uh, you know. This is how the Patriots get rich is they trade a guy at the end of his career uh, for a third-round pick, and they hit on that third-round pick, and you're stuck with six games of Gronk, and then he retires. I just I don't think that the Niners would be willing to take that risk. Now, a team that's already right there, you know what I mean, uh, New Orleans, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, L.A., any of these teams that, have, that were in the playoffs last season and made a, a deep run, could use a guy like that yeah i mean i just i don't buy the i don't buy the last part of the latter of the argument with gronk but i get what you're saying and i do agree that you know those teams make more sense the problem with odo beckham jr is there is a much higher financial commitment than gronk has signed up for two years at nine million even if you extend him a bit they do they i i'm i would love it i would absolutely love it there's another counter argument when a team like the rams are adding all of that stuff it's crazy all right we're coming back a little bit more football talk maybe we'll finish up on this and we're going to talk about the wonderlicks always a wonderlick conversation because there are draft implications you're not going to want to miss it so don't go anywhere it's bogman it's the welsh in this league we'll be back Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com premium and learn more about our awesome product. Welcome in this league. I love you. Ready to party. Welcome back. It's in this league on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, opening weekend. I think that's safe to say. You know, don't when we get to like game four or five, it's like, hey, shut up, man. We don't need to keep huh. working at baseball's here. Baseball is here. Well, we but, got a bunch of early games for like the next three weeks because there's, you know, opening days all over the place. This that, is only right? opening days for half. That's like a nightmare for you. Uh, the early games, I mean, not anymore. You know, yeah, there's you, you know, you're so much better. Like back in the day, I remember well, I used it would to be, work until 1 a.m. Yeah, it'd be, well, it'd be know? 2 p.m. though. It'd be like because you would work till 1 a.m. and then you wouldn't go to bed till 6 a.m. and then you'd wake up at 2 p.m. Now, like you're up by like 9, 9 or 9 30. Yeah, yeah, it's always like I wake up around 8.30 and then I don't get out of bed till like 9.30. <laughs> I wish. I'd give anything to wake up and just lay in bed. Yeah. I usually uh, wake up and, uh, you know, feed my stupid cats, pee, and then go back to bed. All right. Well, so. Uh, Wonderlick. So we talked about Gronk. I'm not sure there's anything more to talk with Gronk. Uh, speaking of Wonderlick, what was his? Does he take the Wonderlick? Uh, I, let me, let I me didn't see. see that. There, I got a big list of players here. Uh, he is not on the list. Oh, okay. so. Well, at the end of the day, it was fun. it's fun speculating. Rams and Niners are the one that are tied. I think it makes 100% sense if the Patriots were to move Gronkowski, it would go to the NFC. And obviously the Patriots and Niners have done business most recently, and I think it would make a lot of sense to make somebody happy. Team-wise, the Rams make sense. This is like 5% 
chance of happening type of stuff. I don't think I don't think Belichick or Brady are going to sign off on trading away a player who's still in his prime makes the team better when they are still a couple. You know, they, you got a couple more years of this dynasty going until they're both gone. I mean, Brady might out, uh, you know, might might outstay Belichick at this point, but they're not going to want to move on from a player that is directly helping the team for no reason, unless behind the scenes he were asking for it. So I just don't think it's going to happen. But moving through to where the Bel- where the uh, say the Belichickians, the Bel- the Patriots uh, thrive, it's the NFL draft. Whole lot of stuff. Bogman hosts the NFL Draft War Room podcast, which it's just part of our In This League Fantasy Football podcast. If you subscribe to the stream, you get the content that he's been putting up. We're also talking about NFL Draft stuff for the next month on the full 60 uh, fantasy football podcast that we do over at Fantrax. So you get lots and lots of coverage. But there's a lot of weird um, diffusion and just mystery and smoke screens that are going on. Teams are doing all this other weird stuff. But one of the things that always comes out that I find fascinating <laughs> is the Wonderlick. And and it's interesting because a couple of the players that we're going to talk about here have been in a lot of draft conversation for different reasons. One of the guys that had one of the uh, worst Wonderlicks was slammed in a completely um, hypocritical comment by Mel Kuyper. One of the guys that has become almost the butt of the joke Josh Allen, he the Barstool guys, they have made uh, draftjoshallen.com, which has had like 14 million views on it. And they just and they like him because he's the stereotype guy. Like everyone's like, he has big hands, you know, he can throw really far. Like those type of stuff. It's a weird draft, and the Wonderlick just heightens the whole freaking thing. Yeah, the, the Wonderlick test has been much debated about for a long time, especially at the quarterback position. So, because, I mean, do you really care if a safety scores a four on the wonder lick? You don't care. Like that, that guy needs to be super athletic. Corners need to be super athletic. They don't have to be super smart, but your quarterback runs your entire offense. So you want a smart guy. Now there are people, we kind of had this going back and forth between two of our army members, uh, Tony color and Anthony Rosa, uh, in, in our NFL draft room. And they were talking about how, you know, Rosa was like, I just don't see any correlation between a Wonderlick test. This isn't, you know, the, the test isn't fo- all football based. You know what I mean? It's not all football based. So it's like why reason- do I it's care? a lot of reasoning skills and right, stuff like, like that. reasoning deduction, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what do I care if I have a, a quarterback that scores horribly, horribly on this uh, test? As long as he can throw the ball and he's athletic and he can read defenses, this is uh, I, I believe Rose's uh, thing was, well, I'm in sales and it's like asking me to take an engineering test. You know, what I mean, I'm not going to be sure. very good on that test. So, um, yeah, so sometimes it matters. I, to be honest, like I just like seeing it because I like to see really bad scores from dumb guys. I think that's hilarious. I made fun of Frank Gore for years. Yeah, I mean, you know, forever. Because, because I've said that he's too dumb to be hurt because a dude scored a five on his Wonderlick test. Or yeah, six. how do you do uh, excuse that? Excuse me. I just oh, uh, well. picked him off a point. And by the way, I'm looking at this list. This is on uh, WonderlickTestSample.com, and they have two scores for Vince Young. I guess he took it twice. Because uh, he didn't know. like it the first time. How many guys can you tell is it like a low number that have scored, under, that have scored uh, single digits? Oh, man. No, that's, that's uh, 15. Any, yeah. Oh, well, are there any key names in there? Carlos Hyde scored a nine. Uh, so it's a 49er <laughs> running back thing. Uh, Garrett Bolas, the big tackle from Utah, scored a nine. 
Uh, Terrell Pryor scored a seven. Okay. Tavon Austin and Kelvin Benjamin had sevens. Oh. Vince Young also a six with Frank Gore. What was his second one? What was Vince? Uh, thir- I believe it was 13. Ah, I doubled down. Second one. All right. So, yeah, I took it a little bit more seriously that second time. And the two dumbest dudes, uh, a running back, <laughs> Darren Davis, who I don't even remember, scored a four. And Mo Claiborne, the cornerback, scored a four. <laughs> the guy that's still in the league. The lead? Yeah, I like, yeah. And I like that. Isn't it like, I don't know if it's like the SATs where you get points right for just getting your name correct. That's a, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> don't worry, Scrub. I'm sorry, buddy. That's uh, a four. That, how do you do a four? Yeah, you got to get like two points for your name. And then just I like, think it's 25 questions, two points each. I think that's what it is. And it's uh, because I, I took the Wonderlick test. Um, in high school, like the ESPN had one, and I think there's one on here too that you can take. Dude, now. there used to be. Oh, we should take that on, uh, uh-huh, dude. I don't know. You know what? I don't do that. Hey, the next full <laughs> sixty. Let's take it. The next full sixty, we'll take the Wonderlick test. I remember Madden had the Wonderlick test one time. I think it was, and I think I did it, and I think I did really bad. It was like 15 years ago. <laughs> like I think I had like a 14 or something like that. Like, uh, do you think we get better than Lamar Jackson on the Wonderlick well, test? What did he have? 13. Oh, did he have a 13? The whole reason this got brought up was because Josh Allen scored a 37, and that was above. Uh, yeah, it was above Darnold, and it was, yeah, it was above Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, didn't he do pretty bad? Do you have it pulled up in front of you? Wasn't it a. Wonderlick? Yeah, oh, can, yeah, hold on. I think uh, I think I had a, a thing. He scored here. 29, so that's not horrible. That's not the worst. Uh, Baker Mayfield scored a 25. And, yeah, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he was hands down of the top quarterbacks. He was twice as worse than anybody. I mean, Mayfield 25, Lamar Jackson a 13. So uh, a punter, Pat McAnally, scored a 50, a perfect score. Uh, Mike Mamula scored a 49. So I guess it isn't just half a point or any of that stuff. Uh and then Ryan Fitzpatrick scored a 48. He was the highest quarterback. Because he's Greg Harvard, McElroy. if you didn't hear. What's that? Because he was from Harvard, if you didn't hear. Yeah. Uh, McElroy scored a 48. Ben Watson scored a 48. Uh, Decker was up in the 40s. So there's a lot. Of, you know, the, It's funny because you look down at the list, there's a lot of crappy quarterbacks. But you look at the top of the list, there's also a lot of crappy quarterbacks. Greg McElroy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. But it's um, not everything. Ryan I- Nassib. Oh. Yeah, Carson Wentz and Alex Smith both scored 40s. That doesn't surprise me at all. But see, so here's the deal. It's not that it, like, it means everything. It's not a one-to-one correlation. Except, though, I think it might have been you that put out the correlation of the longevity of a lot of quarterbacks. That it's it's not to say that, like, yeah, you get a 13 and you're going to be trash or anything like that. But the fizzle out might be um, might be different. You know, you get guys yeah. like Vince Young who have been run out of the league, and guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick who are are still there. Is that a correlation to Wonderlick? I mean, I don't know, probably not or anything like that. But at the end of the day, well, the smart there's guys, something to it. Yeah, the smart guys will be a backup quarterback forever because it, when you're picking between an athlete, uh, you know, your third quarterback, if you're picking between an athlete. Or um, a smart guy at the end of your bench. I think you want the smart guy because if you're in that situation, it's probably later in the game. You probably just want the dude that's not going to turn the ball over, right? You just want the dude that's not going to screw everything up for you at the end of the game if you're up. So if you have a smart guy at the end of your bench versus an athletic guy, I mean, there are plenty of smart athletic guys in the league. But if you have to pick one or the other, um, 
I think you're going to want the guy that's not going to cough the ball up. So I think that's why a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick has made a career of uh, going in and being a backup and winding up starting places. Do you think you know, the buzz on Josh Allen is it's starting to hit ahead and it's going to be one of these things we see he gets moved up because he's got the big arm, you know, all jokes aside with him. He's got probably the biggest arm there. He seems to have been performing well, big size, prototypical quarterback size that you would want, scores the highest wonder lick. Uh, teams seem to really like him, yet everyone's talking about Darnold and Rosen. Do you think you're going to see teams, like I don't know if Josh Allen, to, in your mind, was always set to be a first-round pick or anything like that, but do you think teams are going to be moving up and maybe he goes as the third quarterback over Mayfield? He keeps Kuiper keeps mocking him one to the Browns, just oh, constantly. Wow. One to the Browns. And, and I don't know if he's going to go one, um, but I think he's going to be the third quarterback. Uh, he might be the third quarterback off the board now. To me, it's between Baker and Josh Allen. So, because a lot of teams like Baker, Mayfield, and his attitude and all this stuff. But this, I mean, this high score really helps uh, Josh Allen because I think a lot of GMs uh, take this into account more than more than anyone else. So, um, it, which they should. But I think that I think it's kind of a, a different correlation. Like I think some GMs are like, I will absolutely not take a quarterback that scores less than a 20. And, uh, and their other teams are like, I don't care. I don't care about the stupid test. This, this doesn't is matter a, at all. It's funny you're saying this because to me, what the Wonderlick at the end of the day is, is the only thing it's good for is the negativity. No one it's cares. an embarrassment. Yeah. I no think. one cares about the positive. No one's focusing on Josh Allen. No one's focusing on any of that. It's, have you set yourself apart in a negative way against the rest of the group, which Lamar Jackson has done? He absolutely has. Now, I, I want to look at some of these other scores. So Josh Allen, he's in line with how about how are these two different, by the way? Tony Romo, 37. Andrew Luck, 37. All right. Akili Smith, 37. Wow. Akili Smith was drug and beat out of the league. He was terrible. Yeah, he was awful. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Jared Goff scored a 36. Jared Goff was higher than he's uh, an idiot. Yeah. He didn't know where the sun rose and sat and he scored a 36. So how accurate can this test actually be? I mean, it's, I mean, then again, like I said, the, <laughs> the, the, the actual Ryan results, Tannehill, 34, Brad Kaya, 34, the, the results themselves are so minimal. It, Brady's it, a 33 man. Does Wonderlick matter? I mean, it, Brady uh, is a 33. Well, 33 is not a bad score. It's just, no, it's not a bad score, but Akeem Smith was higher than him. Okay, yeah, but again, I think it's it's about it's about reasoning. It's about logic. It's about maybe memorization. People might look at the Wonderlick as a way of, uh, I'm not sure if these guys can really like fully study. I'm not sure, you know, they can study for these type of things. I, I see very, very little in it. Outside of seeing these guys score these single digits or these low teens, it's just not the it's not the best thing on the planet. But the only thing I don't like about it, I'll say this is a the negative that I'm not happy about, is having this type of stuff put now on Lamar Jackson with the Wonderlick is going to be more of this bullcrap that's going to be used against him because I, I mentioned it before Mel Kuyper was caught and I haven't seen anything about it where he was asked in February about Lamar Jackson 
And he was like, well, you know, Lamar Jackson, people aren't considering him there because of low uh, completion percentage, 57%. Da, da, da. And then a month later, in a conference call, he was asked about Josh Allen, and he was like, ah, man, uh, stats are for losers. You know, completion percentage is for losers. That's what he said. You know, uh, and <laughs> that's complete contradiction to his conversation with Lamar Jackson. So tell me how that's different, Kuiper. I would like to know how that conversation about Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen is different. And I don't I like mean, that it's going up again. And you're a, you're the biggest Lamar Jackson guy I know. I love Lamar Jackson. He is absolutely a quarterback. He is not a wide receiver. Uh, look, you have to maybe he winds up at wide receiver. I I'll give that up because I'm I'm a logical person. He could not pan out at quarterback and have to move positions. That's sure. But the dude can make he can make all the throws. And I know, look, there's plenty of guys that came in the NFL that had that. Jamarcus Russell can make all the throws, right? He could throw it in the bucket, but he didn't want to win. I think Lamar Jackson wants to win. He's absolutely a quarterback. If you draft him, you have to at least give him a shot there. If he doesn't pan out, fine. He doesn't pan out. Look, Terrell Pryor started in Oakland for a while. Oakland wasn't any good, and he wasn't a great quarterback. Um and he's a wide receiver now, but you have to at least give him a shot. Uh, but I, the more I'm looking at these test scores, man, like Kaiser is right in line with Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Uh, like these well, but it's numbers. Not, yeah, it's not a correlation. You don't see that test and you're like, well, this is. Yeah, it's not. And I, at ma- all. and I made the point, you know, earlier, like if you have to choose between the same guy and one scores higher on the Wonderlick, take that guy. He's a little bit smarter. That's fine. But if, you know. I just I just don't know, man. Like, I would rather have – if Mason Rudolph scored a 50 on the Wonderlick, I would still rather have Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you know? That's just that's just the way I am. I, I've seen what he can do on the field. And this uh, – like you said, I, I mean, it's interesting, and we can talk about this for hours, but I think as far as the NFL goes, this test is a little bit of an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely so. But what it does lead to is it leads to all the massive conversation that's going to happen because the NFL draft is less than a month away. I believe it's April 27th. April 26th. Yeah. Is it the 20th? I, I believe it's the 26th is when it starts. 26, okay. 27, 28. Oh, yeah. Whatever it is, it is coming up here, and there's going to be a lot of coverage. We are going to be doing some, uh, I don't want to call them soundbite snippet type of stuff, but we're going to be doing some segments on Full 60. Uh, over the next month, on the next four episodes, kind of going positionally. And I don't know what your schedule is for uh, the NFL Draft War Room for our pod, but I know you and I will probably be doing one based around a mock draft. So there's at least one leading up to the draft and whatever else you have going on. So people are going to want to dial in. Have you been thinking about, like, what? Like, like, you know, maybe this is a question for you. What is the best way to approach the NFL Draft from a fantasy mental standpoint? I think uh, from a fantasy standpoint is don't get too into the weeds. Like if you're drafting right now before the like before the actual NFL draft, like that's a, something your league wants to do. And people do that. They have that. You just got to go with the best overall player and not speculate on where a guy lands. You know what I mean? But what so if it's just Marquee research time? Far away. What if it's just research time? People are trying to, you know, get their stuff set. Like, what's the way to approach this? I think more important than the players is the teams that need that need players yeah. uh, as far as fantasy goes. So you got to look and see what happened in free agency. Who got a running back? 
and who still needs a running back. You know, the Colts could still use a running back, and they pick fairly high. So if Saquon slips a little bit, uh, he could wind up being there. Tampa Bay, I think, is the absolute lowest spot he could wind up at seven. So uh, just uh, take a look and see who needs a back and uh, what kind of jobs are available. All right, well, uh, we got final segment coming up. We're going to talk a little bit more fantasy baseball. We're going to turn the attention there, and we're going to do a revisit of our poll. We're going to see where it's gone over the last uh, two hours. We'll give you that, and you guys can obviously, uh, you know, you can check it over the next little bit. So don't go anywhere. That's Scott Bogman. I'm Chris Welsh. This is In This League. We'll be back for the last one. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to... In this league. In the dark. They do. They listen in this league in the dark on the free mobile app, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FNTSY. Go download it and listen to us streaming. Oh, I don't know, my friends. There are so many ways in this uh, this day and age to listen to us, to catch us. You want to live stream, you only got to do it through the app. But, man, you want to podcast us, just, you know, open got something options. up. Yeah, just type in the name. You're going to find it. iTunes. Our other podcasts are on Stitcher. We're, we're, we're everywhere, man. We're all over the place, man. Say, I'm an Arizona State Sun Devil, man. That's Everywhere. right, man. All right, we're back. Final segment. More fantasy baseball on this fantasy uh, baseball opening day. Real baseball weekend. Feels good. It feels like... You know what's so interesting about um, opening day? I feel right, Brian. I do. I feel right. I feel like opening day for baseball, it's really the start of the year. And I'm not just talking baseball year. It's the start of the year because you've got baseball to focus on. The NFL draft is about to come up like we talked about. Then you're going to be just right around the corner for OTAs. Then it's going to be, you know, NFL draft uh, preseason and draft season while the baseball playoffs are ramping up. Then you've got baseball playoffs. You've got NFL. You're playing all your stuff. I feel like this is the new year. So what I'm saying is, is now everyone will get on a diet and then break it. That's what I'm getting at. Because this is the true new year. (laughs) I've already done that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Nothing more I want to do than to break it. That's all I want to do. I came came close on our opening day game to just unleashing. Like, I had an early beer, and then we did some walking. We got in. We got those little not big enough pizzas from Streets of New York. Way, way uh, too small. I, I like how we both, and I, I admitted this first because uh, I'm I'm fatter than the Welsh now that he's losing a bunch of weight here. But um, 
<laughs> what I said was I almost bought two of these pizzas because they're so small, but I didn't want to look like a fatty. My eyes immediately lit up and I was like, dude, I literally was going to do that. <laughs> I, it, but had you got, but like I was thinking about it because I bought mine first and then you guys weren't there and then you appeared and I was like, well, I can't do it because now they're there. If you had gotten two, I probably would have got three. Be honest. Okay. With you. <laughs> they're too small. So I had a nice 24 ouncer I got with the pizza. We go, we climb up the mountain in our seats, and we lose weight just walking. We eat, and then immediately I was like, I'm just still hungry. And I wanted to go to Cold Stone. I want, I, dude, I wanted everything. So me and our buddy Chad, we go down. I get another beer, and then I just got a, like a cup of fries, and I ate those. And, I mean, it was enough calories, but I was like, that wasn't what I was looking for. Like, I was ready to go get the Asada <laughs> I think dog. I saved you. Because you wanted you wanted me to get the Asada dog, yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't want to wait in line for it. So I think I kind of saved you. I think you did because I was ready to blow it up. I mean, I went a little overboard maybe on the beers, but I was ready to blow it all up. How was it today, though? The diet? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. I I mean, I yeah. woke up and I had uh, grapes, and then I went for like a three mile hike. Yeah. Yeah. So we're good. We're good. I had but, McDonald's for lunch. So, but that's what's good. It. That's what I wanted. Like. And and you the, don't want Mac- I, I don't, I don't do. want McDonald's. It's just my fast. But the favorite thing on the planet, uh, there's something about McDonald's cheapness to me. Like one of my favorite things for a long time had been, um, I mean not really recently, but one of my favorite all time things was the two cheeseburger meal. And they're the, they're just the <laughs> cheapest garbageish cheeseburgers on the planet. Even the bread bun is sucky. There's just something about it. I always would love the two cheeseburger meals. And then if you want to get breakfast in, we're talking about the McGriddle. Yeah, yeah, the McGriddle's solid. I always go with the bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. And they they see a lot of me over there because the breakfast is available all day now. So it's one of those places that's going to be like, uh, like I told you before, I had to quit going to Wendy's because I I went to Wendy's and the lady was like, oh, you cut your hair. And I was like, Oh, oh, last time I'm ever coming here. God, I didn't go to Wendy's for like three months after I cut my hair. How long? I have just you started ate? going back like two weeks ago. Where are you at on Taco Bell now? Haven't you not nope. eaten Taco Bell for twenty years? Yeah, it's it's coming up. I believe it's been eighteen years since I've had Taco Bell. Is that unreal? So uh, let me do the math. Seventeen years. Can since we I've had Taco can Bell. we do a bet where you have to eat Taco Bell? I think you're at the point I mean, where you're to, over. To be it. honest, like I would like to eat Taco Bell again just to give me another option on the fast food because I've been getting tired of the same oh, old you? crap. I, I, I just, I don't think I can bring myself to do it. I'm, I'm almost afraid to eat it to be like, to spend the money on it and then immediately throw up. I think, you know I think I mean? we need to do a Taco Bell bet. Like you can have me have <laughs> to eat something and you, and, and hopefully you'll lose and you'll have to eat. Taco Bell. Oh, so, so we're betting on something. I thought we were just both going to eat things that we don't like. Oh, no, no. But see, you want to like it. Like, I think you're like what will happen is you'll go eat Taco Bell and you'll be back. You'll be back. I might be. I mean, that and that kind of scares me, too, because I, I I almost like like uh, I had uh, food poisoning from Arby's in 2011. I only remember the year because uh, I had the season ticket uh, spring training package for the Diamondbacks that year. So I was that was the year that the. Salt River Field open. So uh, I was going there all the time and I had to miss two games because I got awful, horrible food poisoning from Arby's. So but I, I what I assume is if I just start, uh, you know, uh, knocking these down, get food poisoning from all of them, then none of the fast food places will be available to me. And then I'll have to eat healthy. 
uh, uh, or just, you know, better because no fast food places. That's that. That sounds like the logic of an addict. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah, that's what that sounds 100%. like. Well, we'll figure it out. If you think of it, let us know. Maybe we'll bring that over to the baseball podcast. We'll figure something out. Like uh, I'll have to go eat the two cheeseburger meal from McDonald's, and <laughs> and uh, I haven't had that in a long time. And then you'll have the you'll have the talk about your because I remember you would you were very successful in being able to spend like twenty dollars at Taco Bell. Yeah, and that's I hard to do. I don't think it's that hard to do. You get the expensive stuff. You yeah, know? that's true. The steak quesadillas are not cheap, or they weren't uh, 20 years ago when I was going. Probably a little so, bit different. And Nacho Bel Grande, always have to get that. No tomatoes. Love it. Okay, there you go. All right, um, visiting our, our polls that we put up a little bit earlier. I polls. think we did it at the end of hour one, and they both revolved around Trey Turner. And I think this is this is a discussion that we're going to carry over into our Monday podcast at In This League, the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast with Steve Gardner. I want to get his take on it. So we're going to do that. The first of them was kind of just in um, in sight of the, the weirdness of the Nationals batting Trey Turner six. I've heard no thing from um, from Dave Martinez about like is a one time thing or it's only it's going to be against, you know, righties or whatever the whatever the reasoning is. We haven't heard anything. It could be nothing. It could be. But hitting Trey Turner six is a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. There's there's no way of getting around it. So we asked if Trey Turner hits six and I put or between five and eight, which all are realistic options at this point, because we looked at that one to four and we were like, oh, boy, I don't know how we're going to do it. So if he hits six this season, how high can his fantasy value go? The current poll is sitting 48% second round or lower, 41% late first round, 11% top five overall. What's fascinating about that is I don't kill anybody on the late first round stuff because that's where I had him coming into the into this season. I never moved him. He was late first round. Second round or lower show half the people are almost out on him. The 11% top five overall, that is a very low number for a player that became the consensus guy. And check this out, Boggs. This is a tweet we got in um, about the poll from Nick Gatz. He said, and I don't know if if there's any sarcasm in it, any anger. I don't know what any of it is, but I'm just going to read it to you. We have got his first one. He's worthless at six. Maybe on block soon. 12 to 15 stolen bases. Time to fatten up and swing for fences with three automatic outs behind him. It's going to be a long year. 50 runs, 265 to 270, 12 to 15 homers, and 12 to 15 stolen bases in the six hole. He goes on. Honestly, Nats are better off getting number three starter than hitting uh, Turner three. Turner at eight or six or one or two is a way to go. Six is garbage with Taylor, who's a strikeout machine. And Waiters is the worst player in baseball and pitchers don't hit. (laughs) He may walk a lot because why ever throw him a fastball again? That is the anger of a national fan, uh, Nationals fan, if I've ever seen one. (laughs) Either a Nationals fan or a dude that drafted Trey Turner everywhere. Uh, Good point. Yeah, he, he drafted Trey Turner three overall. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I think he said uh, maybe on the block soon he wants the Nationals to trade Trey Turner for a number three starter. So which uh, a lot of teams would do. Uh, would you like Patrick Corbin? By the yeah, way? we'll sure. take Trey Turner. Oh, absolutely, they're not going to trade him. That's not going to happen. It's, it, I don't buy that whatsoever. No, I, just I don't think buy they're it gonna, either. They're going to position him how they want to, and they want. I him think at six. that's a bit extreme. And and to be honest with you, I don't think six lasts the whole year. Like Adam Eaton has had problems staying healthy in the past. And uh, I, while I like Adam Eaton fantasy-wise at the top of the lineup, I didn't get any shares of Adam Eaton. And I'm kind of an Adam Eaton guy. I got a couple, but, I think. 
But I remember one mock. You're like, why are you so low, sir? Why are you down here? Why are you being drafted in the 150s? You need to raise up. But I think 12 to 15 stolen bases, even hitting six for Trey Turner, is just probably too low of an estimate, don't you? I mean, it's got to be... 30 or 25 to 30. I yeah, think, remember you know. my initial reaction in hour one. I said I came out with 30. You came out with 40. I think four, I don't think 40 is the rock bottom low. I think the rock bottom low would be like 25. I think the 30 to 35 range could be realistic at number six. Yeah. So you just, you just, there's a lot you don't know. There are fair points to Nick's um, uh, madness there of like the average could be a problem and probably is going to be a thing. He's not a big power hitter. There's garbage behind him. I mean, you'd you'd hope the RBI opportunities would be better. I mean, the run opportunities aren't going to be that great. The RBI, RBI opportunities do have a chance to be better because the guy's hitting in front of him. But it's an anomaly. It just it doesn't seem like he belongs there. We, I mean, he'd almost be better at like hitting nine, you know, or eight type of thing if they wanted to move the pitcher to eight type of. Thing. I would almost rather see him there. Mm, either way, nah. either way, I'll tell you this. I mean, yeah, I want I more get, at bats. Yeah, yeah I was like, about to say at bats. I just want more at bats. Either way, it's a problem. It's a problem for a guy if you invested that high of a rank. I don't think this is the time to make a move. I don't anybody that's over because this is overreacting season. You got to wait a week to see if there's any adjustments to the lineup, right? Yeah, if you start, or unloading. just wait a week to see if Adam Eaton's going to get hurt in that week. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible. That is a possible uh, play there. But you just you don't want unless you're getting like this great market value. It's a problem. The other, the only other thing that's an issue for me with Trey Turner is he is built around a structure of like you might like I don't do this because I like to I like to compound on the stats that I acquire. But you might have a person that was like, well, I got Trey Turner, so I don't need to worry about steals. Like, I don't need to, yeah. I don't need to worry about my stuff and things players. I'll just kind of keep going. Well, you're probably punting steals. I mean, now, if, if you were that guy that did that, you're punting steals now. Yeah, yeah. If you, don't have, if you don't have two or three other viable options with stolen bases, that is going to be a major problem. But what I'm saying in that vein, if you're still holding on to that, getting rid of Trey Turner could change the structure of your team by those stolen bases one way or another, whether you've got a whole bunch of guys or not, you are changing the structure, especially you talked about the trade, um, the potential, like an Alex, what if you traded Trey Turner for Alex Bregman? That's a sell low, but it's a sell very low. And, And I, and I even said before, like, I'm still taking, I'm still taking Turner at this point. You know what I mean? I think this is way too early to to think that you've figured anything out. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this month, that's the type of deal you see getting done. Well, speaking of uh, uh, who'd you rather, that was the second poll that we put up. Who would you rather have rest of season? Trey Turner? Treya, as everyone likes to call him? Or Paul Goldschmidt? The humidor versus batting six. That's what that is. All the amazing tweets I'm so excited to talk about on uh, Monday <laughs> about the humidor. We put the poll out. 57% Paul Goldschmidt. 43% <laughs> Trey Turner. Goldschmidt, who was relegated to late first round because of the humidor, uh-huh, uh-huh. because all of the smarties said, he's barely there, he's out of it. Da, da, da. And 57% of people, small sample size still, of course, it's 57 want Goldschmidt over Trey Turner. Yeah, I, um, I I would want him over Trey Turner at this second right now. Also, I mean, I always wanted him over Trey Turner. I'm going to be transparent about that. I always, I had mean, Goldie I had him at him. four. 
you know, so like I got it, but I'm I'm that that person also. I always had Goldie ahead of Turner because I said my main thing wasn't about production; it was about I want to see this dude play a hundred games in the bigs before I put him in the top five. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, very true. Uh, last, so if you guys want to, you can check it out. The voting should uh, it'll still be around, obviously. So if you want to check it out, go and do that. The Trey Turner Goldie or um, the Where Is Trey Turner as far as value goes. And if you'd like a follow-up, go listen to the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast. The Monday edition is Steve Gardner from USA Today is going to join us, and we will probably be talking about that. The only last thing here is we only have a couple minutes left that I just find interesting. I've had this strategy I've implemented for a couple years. Some work more than others. Just at least opening weekend. I have typically not drafted starting pitching early, taken some middle guys, and what I try to do is I try to see if I can benefit off of previous pitchers that have had a track record of great success and haven't had multiple years of, like, bleh. And <laughs> this weekend, David Price spins a gym. Johnny Cueto went into the seventh with a perfect game. And Felix Hernandez, three guys, old Man, track record. Felix Hernandez, I was really impressed by him because that was – I know it was a home game and everything – as against Cleveland. Cleveland's got a great lineup. You got Kluber out there, great lineup. And Felix is the one interesting one because Qu- like Cueto and David Price, these are guys that have been proven commodities that had kind of a blip. Felix Hernandez has had like SOS blip, like beep, 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 beep. Like there's a <laughs> lot of them, and he kind of came out. But I do find it interesting. Hey, I would even say Cole Hamels wasn't incredible. His command was a little bit of an issue, but the dude struck out like eight. There were a lot of guys that had um, old, you know, been old, good performers that kind of came out strong at the beginning of the season. It doesn't mean everything, but I'll be honest with you. I got a lot of Johnny Cueto shares. <laughs> One of the highest shares I got. I got a lot of Patrick Corbin shares. I mean, he didn't take a no-hitter into anywhere, but uh, he looked pretty good. But I'm just saying, like, uh, of the amount I spent on guys like David Price, Johnny Cueto, that was literally my strategy. We saw some solid performances who do you buy the most of Cueto, Felix, and uh, David Price? And I'll even—I th- mean, I'm not going to throw Cole Hamels in there because you're not going to say him. But uh, I wouldn't say him anywhere. I think I believe probably Price the most. Uh, you know, I, I think that this is—they kind of let him off for a year, uh, let him regain that elbow a little bit, a little bit of health in that elbow. And now he looks really, really good. So I think that he's going to be out of that group. He's my guy. I also think Cueto has been, you know, Cueto is an easy bounce back because he had really like one bad season and and people were getting off on him. And that's, uh, I, I, oh yeah, big phrasing. I I understand that, but uh, you know, that's a good ballpark. That's a pretty good team. Nice defense behind him. So, and I, I do love the fact that the Dodgers lost their first two games on Joe Panic bombs, one to nothing. It's a beautiful. Back to back Joe Panic bombs. Love Gotta it. love it. All right, there you go. That is the show. Thank you guys for listening. Um, three hours of it that you can always listen to every Saturday, 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern, if you want to listen to it live. We've also got the replay later in the day. And you can check out all the podcasts at InThisLeague.com. Whether you want prospects, whether you want wrestling, whether you want baseball, football, basketball. We even got the comedy shows over on the ITL Army, patreon.com slash ITL Army. We'd love to have you, my friends. Enjoy the rest of opening day weekend. We'll talk to you next week as we have got to recoup from week one. Where was the damage done? We'll talk about it. For Bogman, I'm the Welsh. Good night now. See you.